yeah, this day has been like, woo, woo, woo. So that's, um, at the, sorry, 30 mark of two, that is the wrong time for Pat. 2.30 EST, so that. 11. Hour and a half from here. the okay. beginning that we started. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Amy Yoshitsu. Hi, everyone. My name is Katie Garitlian. And welcome to another episode of Bring Your Full Self a podcast of conversations focused on the intersection of work, emotions, creative, and the experience of being a person of color. These first few episodes will be conversations between two people inside Converge Collaborative. And Converge Collaborative is a workers co-op that functions as part creative consulting agency and part arts collective. Each of us comes to Converge with our own experiences around work, labor, workplaces, compensation, and how these have shaped our understanding of ourselves, our identities, passions, inspirations, as well as our current conditions. Awesome. Katie, thank you so much for joining me and introducing a lovely conversation between you and Lewis Bryant III, who's another member of Converge. I love this episode and the energy of sharing, giving, learning together that emanated from the conversation. I love when you immediately asked Lewis about his definition of being self-taught, especially around photography, and how that topic and the practice of photography, especially in education, wrapped back around at the end, so that you two talked about how to teach people of all ages about how to use a camera. Um, just fascinating to me. I was wondering, while I was listening, about your background with photography. Did you pick up a camera as a young person? Did you feel the same or similar barriers to entry that Lewis did? Oh, Amy, I so appreciate hearing this reflection of our conversation. I've been thinking about this conversation with Lewis so much. Um, and I was so excited at the threads that you, you picked up on and that you named. Um, namely, that it seems like both Lewis and I embodied this relationship between mutual learning and the practices of photography. And that we've both been nourished by the ways our teaching practice has informed our photography practice and vice versa. And I appreciate your question so much um, uh, regarding, you know, how did I practice when I was younger? Did I pick up a camera? Did I experience barriers to entry? Um, and so I had access to a camera at a fairly young age. I have an older brother around eight years older. Um, and so I had access to his technology and the first camera I had access to was this old point and shoot that like lit up green, like little lights on it. Um, oh my God, I miss it so much, <laughs> but I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel necessarily comfortable using it. I was intrigued by it. I was like, what is this object that lights up green? Um, but I, I remember feeling very hesitant by its power. And like, I like, I like intuited that it was like this like very charged object. Um, and I remember more, or I, rather, I remember as soon as I had access to visit places on my own, I would go to the flea markets near my house and encounter those like bins of found photographs. Um, and it was actually that access that taught me my instincts around photography more than playing with the instrument of a camera itself. I would sift through these bins and like quickly pick up on the language of the kinds of pictures people took, the kinds they discarded. Um, it also quickly understood the scales of archives, that pictures of white families and white sentimentality outnumbered those of BIPOC. And as someone who was white passing, it was through these photographic encounters that I quickly grasped the ways in which my identity both fit into and fit outside of, did not fit into that whiteness. 
And so it was that shaky way of engaging with and of not knowing how to look at these photographs, um, wherein I found for myself methods for reading and then someday teaching photography. Oh, I love that answer. That really helps me align some of your other practices and your archiving and your print work with um, your practice related to photography. So that really elucidates so much. So thank you so much for sharing that story. I love that. Do you, do you know if that camera is uh, long gone? That's a great question. I, it might be Amy, it might be long gone. Oh, okay, I understand, I understand. <laughs> Maybe we'll find something similar to it on Etsy or eBay or a pawn shop someday. But um, yeah, I'm gonna find that for you. Um, well, I was also like <laughs> in listening to your conversation, I was also really interested in how you both talked about the different experiences you've had involving teaching young people um, about all topics and knowing that learning is a journey and that it happens in many ways. Not only do you talk about using as many methods as possible to share information and educate, like whether it be text, visuals, audio, etc., but you also talk about the levels of structure needed within the learning process. And I really identified with when you said that you felt like structure was to, was control and that it's not always the case, but that was like your instinct. And so I was really happy to hear you all talking about those different modes of teaching. And I found that this has been so important in collaboration and especially as we've been building Converge. Um, I found this interesting in juxtaposition also with both of you talking about your educational journeys and how you mentioned capital A art, capital H history. Um, that really stuck in my mind. Um, I resonated with this because I related that to my own experience of my formal education in like capital A art. Yes. Oh, I, I appreciate hearing that so, so much. And it gives so much context to, to what I have learned from Converge and from working with you and getting to know your practice, Amy. And something that I have appreciated so much from and with Converge has been all the ways in which you and Converge has, um, has been curious and asked and also supported everyone's and all possible modalities of learning. So um, there, 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 is, there is the text, there's the recording of the meeting, there is the, the text transcript, there is a diagram. Um, and for all, and with that offering also comes like so many spaces and avenues to continue getting to know how we all learn and, and supporting that. Um, and so in building from that, I would love to hear from you uh, more about your experiences in, in that combination of both formal education and informal collaboration, um, what inspired you to bring to bring this facilitation to Converge to support all these different modalities of learning? Aw, thank you so much. Thank you for calling out all those attempts at trying to share information. It really has been a journey for me, and I know it's a lot of work for all of us. And yeah, thanks for asking about my background regarding collaboration. Uh, I think back immediately to uh, a school, elementary, middle, high school, college experiences, and, you know, the emphasis on group work. And I have to say that I was very anti-group work when I was growing up. And I definitely was raised in a mentality of individual achievement. And I think it's taken me a long time to really embrace teamwork. And especially in recent experiences I've had prior to founding Converge, that um, led me to really understand the emotional support it can provide, the beauty and the uh, fact that it can help actually create and facilitate and execute large projects that really hard to do on your own. And um, so it's just been 
really a learning experience for me. And the some of the original founders, uh, they're the ones who really taught me about how everyone learns and processes and teaches differently. And so it's from those initial roots, the people who I was so inspired by that they taught me that I need to teach through different methods. Like my default method is to just like write very long paragraphs, which I think are definitely too long for everyone. But it's like, it's how I process, right? And so I'm just like, oh, obviously, and it's also how I learn. So I, that's what's helped me. And actually the podcast, this podcast has come about the early, early nascent stages were that some weeks I would do recordings of myself updating on the founding of the, you know, the founding of the company and updating on like the events of the week via audio message, as opposed to me writing a very large log. So that has been wonderful for me to learn and see that it actually helps people. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited about this. And with that spirit of collaboration, let's dive into the conversation between you, Katie, and Lewis Bryant III. Awesome. Hi, Lewis. Hi, Katie. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. I'm looking forward to this. How are you? I'm well. I'm also looking forward to this. I um, I always like to think of the first few minutes as like warming up, <laughs> or you know, as we're you know getting ready to have our conversation. We're just you know going through our warm up drills and looking at our factoid sheets. But uh, I'm excited to really learn more about you, to uh, peel back a few layers, and discover more about your your personal journey, your artistic journey, and just the perspective that you you see life through, um, learning about the experiences that kind of got you here. Cause I, I know like work and cooperative work are like at the basis of this, but the fact that, you know, like, you know, everything happens for a reason and there are, you know, pathways and to a lot of different directions, but one of them got you here. And so just kind of like, well, what do you think like pushed you in this direction? Or like, how are we here having this conversation right now? Like you're in New York, <laughs> here I am in Sacramento. Well, oh my, I loved everything you just said. I feel those things. You put them so well. I'm going to echo them back. Um, I also love just the texture of like the warm up before the conversation and naming that. It's just like owning that. <laughs> like what, what's that warm up like? Um, but even before all of this, um, uh, I know also too um, um, for the audio file, it could be good to like introduce ourselves and our, our names and pronouns um and our how we identify whether that's through a mode of practice or um otherwise so i can i can go first <laughs> i can give my little in, intro my brief intro bite <laughs> sound bite Perfect. um uh, i'm katie katie garitlian pronouns she her um and i identify as um uh, of Swana descent and as someone that builds and maintains spaces and sites for mutual learning um, how about you, Lewis? Hi. Yeah, Lewis Bryant III, Lewis Washington Bryant III. Um, I am I'm from the East Coast, uh, the Baltimore area. I live in Sacramento, California. This is my fifth year in California. And I go by he, him. And, um, and yeah, I just am excited to, you know, learn about our processes. I, I shoot, um, I'm a photojournalist, a travel photographer, and um, and I 
love capturing candid moments. Street photography, I guess, is my my playground. And so um, I guess that's why I like living near metropolitan areas because that's where you get a lot of street action. But I will also go out in the farm and, you know, or I go out in the back country roads and shoot farm scenes. So everything counts as the street. <laughs> Actually, that connects with a question I'm dying to ask you that mm -hmm. might, it might jump. It might jump to like, where we're at now. Let's do it. Like, I, don't, I don't know how linear. I don't know how linear in time this conversation is going to get. But what I'm dying you. to ask you. <laughs> what I'm dying to ask Lewis is, I see and hear from you and your um, materials you shared with me. Self-taught, self-taught photographer, and I'm wondering if you can share what self-teaching looks like for you. Yeah. When and when? What are its like boundaries? Like, are you still self-teaching? Like, what is the mm. what is the threshold of self-teaching? Interesting. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Um, and I think you know, in life, we're always learning. We keep making mistakes. The lessons are there, and we can get frustrated at our mistakes, or we can see them as lessons. So, um, I am one to say that I I make a mistake per per shoot. So there's always a lesson to be learned, and there's always growth. Um, and that's part of where the self-teaching uh, derived from, uh, let's see. So going back, I had always had a little bit, I've always had interest in art. I've always been, you know, an illustrator or a painter of some sort between middle school, elementary, middle school and high school. And then I, um, decided to split ways with my artistic pathway and be like, well, maybe I should go into more technical things, things with my hands. And so I decided to get into automotive which again pushed me I only given this background because it, it took me away from art this like I guess this path on where I guess edu formal education would have been uh remedied for or wouldn't would have been the path of um least resistance in in this term um but you know moving forward I uh I came back to art so I pushed away from it and then realized that that void was there and you know again every every direction you take is, is, is meant to be. So I didn't see it as like, Oh, I should have done art or I should have gone to school for arts. Why did I do this? I'm just like, well, arts are, have found their way back into my life, whether I liked it or not. And I learned that I was like, I need to keep nurturing this. And this is the passion. This is the fire inside. I always thought it was going to be, you know, laid into text or laid into books or laid into a curriculum. Um, but you know, I was just constantly reminded that like, the things that make you happier than, you know, the moments you have with, with your art. And, um, so I graduated college with a crim background. I did a little deviation and moved to Canada for a little bit, uh, nurturing my automotive techno technology, uh, itch that I had to fulfill. And then, um, during that time, a friend that was in Canada, a friend that I made in Canada had a DSLR and, I think up until that point, mm. I always saw cameras as a very expensive tool. Someone mm. either has to pass it down you, down to you. Mm. And I've only seen 40 plus year old white men with them. So it just <laughs> never seemed like an object that, you know, if you don't see people practicing or in the field that you're interested in, other than the iconic ones that are in books like Gordon Parks, um, you kind of just don't think that's for you and not because they told you not to. It's intrinsically input because, you, you know, you live by the examples that you see. And so um, I saw that that was my big boundary. And I put a mental block there like, well, no one gave me a camera and I can't afford a camera. And I wasn't this wasn't passed down to me. So 
that's cool that photography can exist, but that's not my world. And it had nothing to do with not wanting to be into it or being intimidated by it. I literally just had my own roadblocks. So I took a path into poetry and poetry, and I am talking too much, but I, <laughs> I just give no, you this journey. it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> poetry, like when it, I said it found its way, I think I put in a, my, you know, a little background. I lived in Canada and I worked on automotive cars. I was working on race cars. So I was on a pit crew and it was something, again, I said I wanted to do. I graduated from college. I had like, you know, creme social science background. I had an automotive technology background. I worked on cars all throughout college. Um, so it was something that, you know, I was still passionate about doing. But then once I was in that world, I, I felt like I had a funny taste in my mouth and I couldn't figure out what it was, but it was the lack of, um, you know, fulfillment in the sense of like, yes, I got here, but I don't feel fulfilled because I, you know, chose this path on my own and I wanted, like, I just felt this need to give back. And I was like, how could I get this far? And, and, and I not look back and, and not in the sense of looking back at my past, but looking back at the people that have gotten me here, the, you know, the little conversations that pushed me in one direction or the other. And so it was just like something that was just like, making me a little restless while living in Canada, while working on cars. Like, wow, you got to this point and uh, I want to do something about that. Meanwhile, while I was working on cars, I was writing 400 words a day to a thousand words a day. Just pick up a glass of wine and write short stories, poetry, whatever came to mind. I was like, I just wanted to flex in the world of writing and, and um, poetry, uh, creative writing, prose all took a very strong presence in my life and I knew again the art and so then you know like so then I came back from Canada became a teacher because I wanted to tell kids that hey if you wanted to work on race cars you know push yourself to do that and 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 like don't let anybody tell you you can't because I told myself I couldn't be a photographer but like guess what I bought a camera so like so as soon as I became teacher I went on Craigslist and bought my first DSLR. It was a broken Olympus because, you know, Craigslist shopping, you never know what you're going to get. And so I had already like a couple buttons that I didn't know how to use and then a couple buttons that were dysfunctional. So it's like there, there's a good handicap and a limit at the same time. <laughs> but I told myself, I'm going to use this camera and I'm going to teach myself everything and every button on here until I have reached the ceiling oh my and the capacity God. of this camera. I will buy books. I went to old used bookstores. I picked a built camera, books about manual photography, about analog and, and film, reading about that, how it applies to this DSLR. And I just kept pushing myself into setting small goals. Like, all right, well, this year, you know, you learned a few buttons. Maybe you'll shoot one portrait this year for pay and not just for fun. And then I was like, oh, and then maybe we'll shoot family portraits next year. Oh, maybe we'll shoot an engagement shoot. Maybe we'll be an assistant on a wedding. Maybe we'll shoot our own wedding. Maybe we'll shoot five weddings. And all these just like through the years, it's like, let's just try oh these. Let's push it up a notch. Let's take it up a notch. Oh, this camera can't do this anymore for you. And you know you need to do this. So let's let's upgrade. Not because it's an electronic toy and you know you're a gadget head, but because you need it to work for you, you know? And so that's the self-taught, like I don't know, it was a lot, a lot of a big nutshell, but that's like the, how it all kind of like all like planted the seed and how it all percolated of just like, okay, I want to do this. Okay, so how are you gonna do this? And I think going back to one of the bullet points in my list of I put my parents are very motivational, inspiring to me because mm. I grew up where, you know, either 
most of my friends had one parent households, which, you know, matriarch leading grandma or mom, or, um, you know, uh, households where their parents were very um, constraining and, and limiting mm. to the ideas and the, and the aspirations that the child had. So, you know, if they wanted to do something, they couldn't. Or if they wanted to be an athlete, they couldn't. Or if they wanted to be, you know, a carpenter, they had to be a doctor. And so I was just blessed that I had parents that were like, well, if you want to do it, do you have a plan? And that was the only thing that they said, do you have a plan? Not like, well, that's ridiculous. You went to school for criminology. Why would you want to be a uh, a race car mechanic or why would you want to be a race car mechanic why would you want to be a teacher you just went to become a race car mechanic or you know all these things instead of like challenging me in the sense of like well you're making mm. terrible mistakes or you're i was young too and you want to hurry up and harness down like none of that was ever implied throughout my raising throughout my adolescence throughout my young adult and throughout my adulthood like they've always just been like pushing me toward like do what makes me happy and then make sure you just got a plan. And so <laughs> like that, That's that amazing. always, you know, that being there is just like, okay, well, if I want to teach myself photography, what's the plan? What do I want to do? And, you know, and a part of me does wish I had some formal background. And part of me, I think, is on the journey now where I'm like, now that I've taught myself these things, maybe it is time to get, you know, a little bit of a box curriculum to, you know, dial in on some of these thoughts because when I was reading your background and reading profile you know just looking through your website reading through your descriptions reading uh looking through your imagery and I was just like wow the layers and depth within the content like it could be the most simplest illustration or or like or image or even just thought but it is explained in a way that you know I want to participate. I want to see more of this. I want to, and I'm just like, wow, where did you even get the, where did the seed come from that conceptualized this thought? And, you know, and, and some, like a lot of them are, in, some are independent, some are cooperative, some are with organizations, but all of them, I was, I was just, I was literally drawn to every one. I clicked every link and was just like, whoa, this is cool. And so some of the times I, I realized I'm like, you know, formal education, especially in the creative space, is obviously a blessing where you can have instructors who you know walk the walk and and have you know can really impart mm. a lot of their experience and and in the, the in the work that they're trying to uh, you know in the in the education that they're trying to um you know showcase for you but also i also know like sometimes because they're telling you it should be done this way you only think about that way and sometimes don't open up to the other perspectives so um that was like part of the reason i'm like well i'm glad i didn't do formal education in it but i i see the be the need and the beauty in both mm. uh, you know and so um yeah <laughs> like all that to say um yeah that's why like i'm interested in your pathway and your journey because i just know like i took a lot of deviations but it's still like I always believe in your manifestations that you speak it into existence. And then like, if that's what you want, you just keep speaking it and keep putting one step. And so yes. I was like, I want to know about your steps. I want to know about what you spoke into existence, what you saw and, um, and what you still see and like the layers that, you know, like are involved in your process because uh, I think they're just well thought out, beautifully crafted and like, especially working with others in a collaborative sense and collective sense. Um, Bet between the uh, Armenian collective that you're working with and like the, you know, ICP, it's just like, it's not easy to just work with other artists. It's not easy to just like start speaking mm. a language together without a lot of yes. interpretations or, you know, like, oh, you're, yes. <laughs> so, you yes. know, I want to know about like some of those 
Like how how yes. are you navigating in that? So I guess yes. we could start from your uh your background. I appreciate that so much. Also, everything you shared, I'm just like oozing with so many que- more questions for you. And so I've already like taking so many notes. I'm just like, wow, okay, ah, so many things. It's so interesting. Like I think that this tension you named of like informal versus formal education resonates a lot for me and. When I think about my journey, so yeah, I went, I went to, I, st- I studied like art history, capital A, capital H in undergrad, which like I have a lot of thoughts on, which I don't know how much I'll get into right now, but like so academic, capital A. And I resisted that by the end for a few different reasons, um, but I am grateful. I'm very grateful for, for my, for the things that I did get from that education. Um, but after college I worked at an art center and where I met so many people that would become such important collaborators in my life um and I worked in the publishing department and in that department I worked with artists to make books and a lot of my job was actually administrative which meant that I was the person like that could seem like the like you know boring tasks of organizing things or corresponding or keeping everyone on track or offering editorial support, but mainly through a support role. It actually was like, I saw that role, the administrator as the translator, as like the person that like is constantly making sure everyone's on the same page. Okay. Like, okay, you said this, but I heard this and they heard that. And like, is constantly like, aware of the thing you just named at the end of that of like oh wow like the potential for misfire is so delicate and so volatile when working with others and that's what's beautiful and also Mm -hmm. very fragile and actually it was through that administrative work that I I feel like I got to acquire and be in that very space and acquire the sheer muscles and practice of of being in that in-between and being that bridge and so, um, and then through that, through working on those books, I uh, fell in love with the small press community, the independent publishing community, zines, um, uh, 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 reading rooms, artist-run reading rooms, artist-run presses, and like seeing the ways that they foster informal education and learn with each other. Because when you're working on a book, you're like learning together exactly what you're saying. Like you learn how to work together and you learn how to translate and communicate because you're you're putting this thing together. It's the content of the book, but you're having to communicate how you're putting that thing together. And, um, and it was, it was through that, that I, 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 every day I am so grateful for what I, what I learned from, Mm -hmm. from witnessing and working with small press communities. Um, And so then though I did return to formal education grad school it, the, the program I was in, and I'm very grateful for it, but the program I was in was actually quite loose. And also, you know, it, it fell into COVID's, the beginning of COVID's arms. So so things got even like a little bit more loosey, loosey-goosey. Um, uh, and I felt like I got to actually like care. I, I felt like I got to, uh, 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 how do I put this? Uh navigate education on my own terms mm. and I carried what I learned and learned and continue to learn from small presses um, and collective working, uh, put the DIY resources, all of those things. I carried that through my grad school, um, which what I which 
you know, it was, you know, two years long, again, fell into COVID's arms. And so most of the time I was just working on my thesis, which was building a small press. Like by the end, I was like, I'm not going to make like a single object. Like, no, I'm going to make a small press where I can continue to work with other people. Um, and um, I got so lucky because two of my dear collaborators and close friends, um, you know, I, I invited them to work on like the first book with me of, of the small press while I got to start designing the small press. And so even even on the thing like a thesis, I was like, OK, no, how can we still continue <laughs> the informal yeah. education and collective work? Um, and so that's where I'm at today. And I and I um, that's why I, I'm, I'm so excited to be part of Converge, why um the, yeah, uh, uh, working with groups like the Armenian Creatives, um, it, uh, which is a, a, a collective of um, folks of Armenian descent who identify as artists or creatives in some way. Um, and um, yeah, just like so valuing the learning that happens uh, in collaboration, whether that's like the, the smallest conversation over a decision to like the, to the larger object you're making together. <laughs> Um, so I think that, yeah, that gives a good gist. Um, a question I have for you, which I feel like might seg well from that is when you think about, I, it was so, it was so lovely to hear you talk a bit more about, um, uh, uh, the like textures of this, these moments of self, of, of the self-taught of like wrestling with the camera, like getting the manuals, all yeah. of that. I was like, oh yeah. yes, like the like <laughs> the tool, the tool is the the tool is like its mm -hmm. own space for learning. And I'm yeah. wondering how you um uh how when you when you teach, when you work in education mm -hmm. as a facilitator or teacher, how do you carry how you mm. liked learning? How do you yeah. carry that to people you're working with? Yeah, well, good question. I um <laughs> I like that. And and I, I realized, you know, through teaching that, you know, at our very beginning point of teaching that <laughs> no one is going to be as motivated as the next person sitting next to you or as motivated as you. And no one is going to understand as well as you understand it. because, And not as well in the sense of like, I understand it better than you, but it's just like understand in the degree and form in which you understand. Like, that's just how it is. You hear a song. And it gives you a color. I hear a song. It gives me a different color. <laughs> we are the same song. <laughs> and the colors may blend well. They may, like, make opposites. But, like, it doesn't make – and that's what I would – I was a sixth-grade language arts and social studies teacher. Mm. And so I was teaching in a, uh, in a district that valued teaching to the test. It also valued <laughs> – did mm. not value social studies or history because language arts is a tested subject funds are based off of testing and student performance and so is your pay in a lot of cases and so mm. you kind of like steer mm. to like teaching this like yes. do you understand the question do you understand what the question is asking you do you understand why they're asking you this way not in any conceptual creative way but just do you understand how they're asking you teach to the test and so that like rubbed me wrong but then with social studies and then I started a poetry club um mm. we would, that was just like okay everybody just like open your wings and let's just you know if you want to write raps if you want to write about how you hate the subject that you, you have a project on if you want to talk about home or but like let's let's have that space so then you know so by teaching sixth grade I you know I learned you know like I mean it's the simplest thing of just like Hey, let me tell you what homework is tonight. Okay, I'm gonna write on the board what homework is tonight. All right, I'm gonna give you 
the homework sheet tonight. I'm going to draw what homework is going to be tonight. And like, by the time I like figured out that I needed to do all four of those instead of just saying like, we'll draw it today and I'll hand it out tomorrow. I needed to do all four of those because that's the way I would get at least 85% of the students on board with doing homework. Otherwise I get the ones written on the board will probably be like seven or 10, maybe less. <laughs> and then if I just said it out loud, maybe three to four. And if I passed it out, maybe eight or nine, but like, and by drawing it, maybe three or four, but like putting that all together, like, okay, these are the, like the repetition modalities in of different learning. Ways. Mm -hmm. yes. Repetition and modality. Yeah, it's absolutely, <laughs> it's important. And, you know, like even with Amy and I, when we were talking about working together, I was just like, I don't, if you wrote it all out and you told me what it was, I would still see Mandarin. But the moment you would draw it out, I would start like understanding the translation much better. And so, um, you know, just learning, even knowing as an adult, how you internalize, how you, how do you even express yourself? And, um, you know, mine would be very vivid and, and, and like imaginary, you know, in, in, not imaginary, but uh, using imagery in my text. And sometimes people who are very type A or don't see a lot of the creative nuances would just be like, just tell me what it is. <laughs> just, yes. just, just, just get to that. Just, and, uh, and, you know, and sometimes you're just like, oh, okay, I should sometimes not have to be so flowery or I could be flowery and direct. So that way, by the time you get oh to the end God. of it, you know what you need to do. <laughs> and so, um, you know, oh my God. I always wanted to be in that, in that setting where I just wanted to tell somebody like, I know what, the, you know, the block in Baltimore or even in West Oakland or East Oakland could be a very, uh, like in the mindset that you could put, could, your boundaries are, are very uh, obvious and you can own them or they can own you. And then it's like, I've had, you know, like stories of children who just like know the boundaries that they are up against and, you know, our head strong enough to say like, I'm going to push through it. But then there's others that recognize those boundaries and succumb to whatever the reality is that is surrounding them. And, and either, and both of those minds were just as bright and shining and, you know, capable. And so, you know, yeah. that goes back to like my own boundary of like getting into photography. Like I would have gotten into it at 15, 13. Had I just like, push myself a little bit or someone, you know, like, and then again, it's yeah. not me waiting for somebody to tell me, but you know, like that was what it was. Like someone say like, Hey, why don't you come to photography uh, club after school? Like, <laughs> like that one little inquiry could have yeah. changed things. So I offer that in many cases as yes. I can. If I go to a church, if I go on an assignment and someone's like 15 and they're like, I like cameras, here's my email address. Ask me any question you need to know. I will bring you oh. on a shoot. I will, if you want a camera, yes. I will find you a camera because there's a way to get a camera into your hands. And oh. so, um, you know, like that, again, that's the giving back part. Like I got to that poetry part. I got to writing poetry and working on cars. And then I wanted to teach. Now I got into the teaching realm and got into photography and see the value in educating through the tool of a camera or any art space and know that like, okay, well, you know, be, between the many different ways that we can learn, there's also many different pathways to success. And I'm not telling anybody to get one or the other or no, you know, informal education versus higher education, but you just need to, you know, start exploring and figure out what you want to do. And, um, and so again, like if, if I just hear, if I know that like someone has mm. that interest in 
you know, the realm, even if it's like, I'm not even related to so much of the dance, but if you want to be a dancer, give me your information. Cause I know dancers that I photographed and like, maybe just maybe like I can help, you know, spark something that was just a thought into a seed or a conversation or yes. more research. And so, um, I'm always about, it's like, tell me what do you want to do? Even if you don't know what you want to do, what do you want to explore? That concludes part one of a conversation between Katie Garitlian and Louis Bryant III. Part two will be available wherever you're listening right now and will be released in one week. Bring Your Full Self is put together through the collective effort of the members of Converge Collaborative. A special thanks today to Katie and Louis and to you for listening. If you're interested in learning more about our group, our work, or would just like to say hi, you can reach us by emailing converge at convergecollaborative.com or on Instagram at convergecollaborative.